0: The youth movement is upon us. The youth are taking over. Holy shit. Guys, welcome on into fantasy intervention. What's going on? How is everybody doing today? Second episode. What's up? Yeah, this is a bonus episode, guys. If y'all want to listen to non-dynasty talk, just tune into the previous episode. This is gonna be a dynasty episode. I still did an episode earlier today. That is already up. So, yeah, go just go to the last episode. If you want to hear some dynasty, though, some dynasty talk, this is what's up. And, God, man, I'm sitting here and I'm just going through, just doing a little bit of prep work, looking through it. I'm like, holy shit, man. Look at all these free agent quarterbacks this year. Like, wide receivers couldn't really find too many. Running backs found a few. But when it comes to quarterback, we're looking at Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, which, you know, is irrelevant anyways, Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Marks Mariota, irrelevant for the most part, but still, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Ryan Tannenhill is another guy. Blake Bortles, like, holy shit. This thing, the market's going to be flooded. It's going to be a flooded quarterback market potentially unless these teams tie up their quarterbacks, which I don't remember the last time that NFL teams allowed their quarterbacks to get to the final year of their contract and let it run out. Normally, they're re-signing their quarterbacks, a year or two ahead of time. I mean, don't forget about Dak Prescott as well. That's another big name. And I'm kind of shocked to be honest with you. I'm just a little shocked. I mean, are these quarterbacks who a lot of them are a lot older, are they gonna retire? Are their teams gonna lock them in for another year or two? Like what's gonna happen? Because this draft class and next year's draft class, particularly one player out of next year's draft class, goes by the name of Lawrence. I mean, this draft class is gonna be nuts. Right, like five or six starting quarterbacks. And last year's draft class was still solid. I mean, for example, with Phillip Rivers, behind him you got Tyrod Taylor and Easton Stick. Like, are they going to test Easton Stick out? I mean, they got a losing record, right? They're talking about Philip Rivers not maintaining the job. I mean, I don't think that he's going to be the starting quarterback the rest of the year, but do they throw in Tyrod Taylor or do they give Eason Stick a try? Because how do they know what they have at quarterback? They're going to have an early draft pick this year. It's most likely going to be a top 10 draft pick. Do the Chargers go out and find their next quarterback, or do they use Tyrod Taylor to try and bridge over Easton Stick? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very, very interesting offseason. How are they going to tie up these quarterbacks? Are they going to tie them up at all? Or are they going to let them walk? But anyways, guys, this Dynasty episode is just going to be a quick one. We're just going to talk about a few players who I have my eye on because of improvements that could happen to their team, whether it's coaching changes or you know potential player changes. You know, somebody like maybe A.J. Green going out to, I don't know, the, the Buffalo Bills, right? And how that could spike up Josh Allen's value. How that could spike up John Brown's value. You would think it would actually hurt John Brown. But John Brown's getting covered by the alpha cornerback. And John Brown, sorry to say it, he's not an alpha wide receiver. He's very, very good. But he should be a number two on a team, not the number one. I think that John Brown's value goes way through the roof. If AJ Green goes to somebody like the Bills, so I'm targeting uh, Josh Allen in a lot, a lot of different situations. Another quarterback that I'm targeting, I'm dropping a lot of my players right now that are roster clocks. You got to do it. So to kind of to sidetrack for a second, right now you have to go out and you have to release guys, you know, that that aren't going to be locks for next year. Like for example, Kelvin Harmon is already taking. Philip Richardson's job. And Philip Richardson has been hurt nonstop. He hasn't looked good. I mean, he was one of the most popular offseason pickups for a lot of teams. But if you're somebody that has a deep league like I do, I played in a 30-team league. I'm I'm sorry, not a 30-team, a 30-player roster in a 12-team league. Like, Paul Richardson was one of the biggest pickups for us because there's not too many players on that waiver wire. So when people like Locke pop up, I picked up Locke last week before the game started because they said he had a potential to start that game and I know how young that core is for the Broncos and I'm not a fan of Drew Locke. I don't think he's that good. I'm glad that he's getting an opportunity to show it now because maybe he proves me wrong but he's not going to be fantasy viable necessarily. He can't he doesn't really run. He has a big arm that's great but he's not gonna be fantasy viable for another couple years if that so I picked him up just to see if he would go off. He's got a young core of offensive players He's got two fresh offensive linemen that are year two in the league. And the Broncos have an early pick. Now, if he sucks, then the Broncos are probably going to end up drafting a quarterback who, oh my God, like Herbert with the Broncos is mind-blowing to me. I think that John Elway would shit his pants if he got Herbert. I just found out. I was having this conversation the other day. And a Broncos fan was in there and he said that John Elway's actually been at five Oregon games so far this season to watch Herbert. John always sitting in the booth, jacking off, watching Herbert. I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. They have to bring in a cl- uh, cleaning crew. Oh, God. Gloves. Like those, those hazmat suits, I think they're called. Oh, they come in with hazmat suits because John Elway busts all over. All over that booth. Or that box, I should say. Oh, God. That's gross to think about. Anyways, that could be a match made in heaven if Drew Locke struggles. But if he doesn't struggle and they build around Drew Locke, he could be a potential play. So I am picking up Drew Locke in a lot of my fantasy or dynasty leagues. Another quarterback that I'm sitting there and aiming for outside of Josh Allen and Drew Locke because those guys, listen, Josh Allen, you're going to have a window to buy Josh Allen for decently cheap. It's going to happen over the next couple weeks. And then after this season ends and they draft and they reaffirm everything, Josh Allen is going to be almost impossible to get because of his upside. Right now, for me, Josh Allen is worth making a run for or at least offering up some significant pieces in order to get. And you might have to overpay for him a little bit. But when his value goes through the roof next season, you're actually going to look at that and be like, wow, I'm glad that I got him for what I did. Because he, I would never be able to get him now. You won't be able to after this offseason ends. You won't be able to. Now, another quarterback that I'm looking at, right, is Cam Newton. And Cam Newton could be shipped off. You never know. He could end up with a different team, but that that might not be a bad thing. Either way, he's getting older. He's not looked good previously. And he hasn't had a a big-time season, but you can get him for cheap. This draft class is going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. But if you need a backup quarterback, if you need somebody to hold you over for maybe a year, or you need somebody to play in the bye weeks, Cam Newton can be had for a third-round pick, and Cam Newton is still a top-notch quarterback. The only thing that scares me is if the Panthers draft a quarterback. If the Panthers draft a quarterback. But if you have potential to win, Cam Newton's still going to be starting next season, in my opinion. If he's still with the Carolina Panthers, he should be starting. They're not going to throw in that rookie quarterback. They're not going to have a high enough draft position in order to get a high-end rookie quarterback. They're going to get a quarterback that needs to develop. They're probably going to pick him up and run the 10th overall pick. It's going to be somebody like Drake Fromm, somewhere along those lines, where he's going to need to develop. So Cam Newton still has another year, maybe two years ahead of him, as a starting quarterback if he sticks with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm making a play at him with a third-round pick, hoping that Cam Newton can still be a top-seven quarterback with both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both reaching into the beginning of their primes. Ian Thomas developing And Christian McCaffrey being the beast that he is, you could end up still with Cam Newton finishing as a top seven quarterback this year. And like I said, you just promote, promote this draft class. You offer a third round pick. Just see if it flies. Just see if it flies. You never know. Now, guys, that I'm selling on, you got to keep an eye out for Jameis Winston because he's a free agent. They might not re-sign him. It depends. I mean, he hasn't played terribly, but he's been a turnover machine. And, you know, Bruce Arians doesn't like that but he still has value right now. He still has value. But if they don't resign him, he can't go to a better situation. He can't go to a better pass-happy offense with better wide receivers than what he's in right now. He is literally at his highest peak, unless he gets a long-term contract, he's at his highest peak right now of his value. He can't get any higher. So James Winston, for me, could be a sell option. Now, with that being said, I absolutely love this draft class. I'm trading away my players everywhere just to try and acquire picks for this draft class. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm literally getting joked in my Dynasty League right now, and one of them, they're sitting there saying that I'm bombing on purpose this year, and I'm like, I've started every valuable player, but I don't have any players. Like, I literally have started the best possible lineup almost every single week, but I still only have three wins, and that's because I sold out my entire team to have... I believe nine or 10 draft picks this year because that's how good this draft is going to be. We only have three rounds of of draft picks. I think I have nine or 10 total draft picks this year. So this draft class is going to be nuts. And if these rookie quarterbacks come in, you have to be looking at certain wide receivers to acquire value. Somebody like a Tyler Boyd who has let you down the entire season, who somebody hates Tyler Boyd right now, whoever roster he's on, who, you know, he was expected to have a big year, that guy hates Tyler Boyd right now. But if the Bengals can get somebody like Tua or somebody along those lines, right, doesn't have to be Tua, it could be Herbert, it could be Fromm, it could be any one of those guys, right, Burrow, then Tyler Boyd's value was going to spike through the roof. Spike. So I am looking to acquire Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, even John Ross. God, Joe Burrow with John Ross. Ooh, sexy. Other wide receivers I'm looking to acquire. We missed out. You missed out. You missed the train. You missed the bus on David Moore and Chris Godwin. You missed it. But you still have time with A.J. Brown. You still have time with him. You still have time with Marquise Brown. Right? You still have time with Andy Isabella. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second. A little bit of a brain fart. Andy Isabella, though. Andy Isabella, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown are all three big pickups for me prior to this draft. Hopefully now. like A.J. Brown is about ready to launch with his upcoming schedule into the next stratosphere, which is not good. It's the stratosphere right below where D.J. Moore is. Right there, like when DJ Moore was hot last year, but you still didn't know because he still had his hit-or-miss opportunities, that's where A.J. Brown is going to be after this week. Maybe a little bit higher than that. Following that, he goes on to DJ Moore's level. Following that, he goes on to Chris Godwin's level. Overpay for A.J. Brown to get him before he launches into the next level. Chances are you won't be able to, but you could. Another guy that I'm looking at is Nikhil Harry. Because he's been so bad lately, and Tom Brady hates him, and he might not click. Dude, Nikhil Harry is still my number 101, well, no, my number 102 in this past draft. My number 101 is A.J. Brown. My number two is Nikhil Harry. Three is Josh Jacobs. I know it's tough. But still, he still has a good backup quarterback waiting in the wings. If Tom Brady, for some reason, retires this year or next year, still got a good quarterback with, with Stidham. I mean, he's not great. But he can get Nikhil Harry the ball. Philip Dorsett is going to be a free agent. Julian Edelman is not going to play forever. It's going to be him and Jacoby Myers. It's going to be the Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers show. I know the Patriots are hard to trust, but still, you've got to try and acquire Nikhil Harry before it's too late. He is a free square right now. He's a free square. Andy Isabella was a free square back a few weeks ago. Then he had the two good games. He's not a free square anymore. The owner's reminded of what he's supposed to be. So, Nikhil Harry, you're never going to be able to get him cheaper than what he is right now. After this year, you're never going to be able to get him cheaper than what he is. promise you. Nikhil Harry could still go off. Oh, man. I'm acquiring Nikhil Harry everywhere. Everywhere. Now, teams that need quarterbacks. Somebody like the Chargers. All right. Mike Williams is finally starting to come back into his own again after letting you down. And, you know, you expected a big year out of him. Hasn't had a touchdown yet. Struggling. But the Chargers, whew, they need a quarterback. Now, whether they go with Tyrod Taylor or not, that's going to be the interesting part. But Mike Williams could end up getting set up with one of these top end guys. I'm taking a shot, not a big shot. I'm not overpaying for Mike Williams, but I'm going to offer like a second round pick. In this year's draft, a second round pick should net you Mike Williams. Should. Not guaranteed, but I mean, I literally, like, I would consider if I had Mike Williams, well, I do have Mike Williams, I would consider losing Mike Williams for a second-round pick in this year's draft, because this year's draft is that good. But hey, Mike Williams, if he gets on the same page with Tyrod Taylor, if he's the quarterback, or if he gets a new quarterback in there, because Phillip Rivers does not look good, Mike Williams' value is going to skyrocket. Mike Williams is a definite option for me. When it comes to another guy, you have Hamilton, Sean Hamilton for the Denver Broncos. They're most likely either lock is going to go off or he's going to bust and they're going to have to draft a quarterback. So I think there's a ton of potential there for Deshaun Hamilton. They have too many holes to fill to try and acquire a wide receiver and this free agent class of wide receivers is not going to be strong. There are almost no slot guys. I think, is it James? No, Jameson Crowder just signed a longer-term contract. I don't know if there's any slot guys that are talented, more talented than Sean Hamilton at his age. I think Deshaun Hamilton, you got to throw a bone out there. A third-round pick maybe, if that. I mean, if he's on your free agent wire, pick him up. Pick him up. Another guy that I'm looking for when it comes to bad quarterbacks, Preston Williams, the undrafted rookie who got hurt. Hey, listen, the owners have probably started to forget about Preston Williams and forget about his value and forget about his size. Preston Williams is a monster, and you heard me talk about him prior to the preseason this past year, then into the preseason, and then into the season. He's an absolute monster. The Dolphins are going to upgrade a quarterback. They have to. They have to upgrade a quarterback. They're going to have an earlier pick. Preston Williams make an offer for him. A second round pick is not out of the question. Like if you have a a mid to late second rounder, shoot it out there. The Dolphins or the owner of Preston Williams might forget, might forget that they're going to draft a quarterback this year that could be an absolute superstar. Hopefully the Miami Dolphins don't fuck this one up. But if they don't, if they don't fuck this one up, you're talking about 10 years of a massive physical wide receiver. That is the 1B to Devontae Parker's 1A. They have no run game. They're not going to be able to build up the run game because they're going to have to focus on their offensive line. So the Dolphins are going to be pass happy this next year. They will have some tougher matchups, of course, up against the Bills and up against the New England Patriots, of course, but still. I am trying to pick up Preston Williams and have him for the next 10 years be one of my, my main starters on my fantasy team that I'm building from scratch or building with youth, right? I told you I sold all my guys. My roster is trash right now. I have a bunch of young guys, a bunch of youth, a bunch of potential superstars. That's it. I'm taking shot after shot after shot on wide receivers because one out of these 10 wide receivers that's supposed to be good are going to go off. Then you draft another one in this upcoming draft. You have a, a solid running back. I've got Galladay. I've got Todd Gurley. I've got Patrick Mahomes. It's my base, Michael Gallup. I'm just going to fill in the blanks now. I'm going to throw it all out there with these 10 draft picks, fill in the blanks, and go from there. But here, here's the next team that could end up drafting a quarterback. And the player that you want to pick up, that wide receiver, who I actually just mentioned. You want to pay overpay for Kenny Galladay. Because Kenny Galladay, he's in that DJ Moore section right now. But next year, if they get a high-end quarterback, because Matthew Stafford, don't forget, Matthew Stafford has been dealing with back issues now for two straight years. We saw what happened with Tony Romo. That's very tough to come by, or come back from, I should say. Extremely tough. And the propensity of that offense to constantly include Kenny Galladay is going to be huge. If they draft a quarterback, it might not be this year, might not be next year, but it's going to come within the next three years. And Kenny Galladay, who should be right at his apex, right at his prime, is going to have huge, huge benefits, huge games. I mean, Kenny Galladay is going to be a top five wide receiver week in and week out. Overpay for Kenny Galladay now so you can have a top five wide receiver. Would it be that crazy to think that they move on from Matthew Stafford because of back issues? I don't think so. I think it's extremely, extremely likely that that could happen this season. Now, When we go over to running backs, running backs are a little bit tougher, but we've seen teams that need running backs this year. We've seen them, right? Miami Dolphins are one, but they're not going to go for a running back this year. They're not. The Atlanta Falcons, though. The Atlanta Falcons are sexy. Extremely, extremely sexy pick for a running back landing spot for one of these rookie guys, but free agents in particular. Now, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But how crazy would it be if Derrick Henry, who's an unrestricted free, unrestricted free agent, to end up, <laughs> end up with the Atlanta Falcons? It's not going to happen. But how awesome would that be? Now, I think that the Tennessee Titans are definitely going to re-sign Derrick Henry. But some of these other guys, like Melvin Gordon, like how crazy would it be if he landed on the Texans? Right? It would open up work for, of course, Austin Eckler. The Chargers might draft a running back. Who knows? But Melvin Gordon is a buy-up for me. He's a pay-up. I wish, like, if you had him, or if you had an opportunity to get him back when he was holding out, and in the first couple games when he sucked, like, I was making offers left and right for him. I didn't want to give up a first-round pick, so I couldn't do that. But he was a top-five projected running back if he showed up for camp. Don't forget that. He was like the fifth running back being drafted. He's behind the top four guys, but he was the fifth running back being drafted. And now, people are undervaluing the shit out of him. Now imagine if he goes to a team that wants to run but can't run. A team that's trying to go all out right now. A team with salary cap space like the Texans. Oh, oh my God. They cannot stack the box. They can't do it. Sean Watson would destroy him. You talk about the RPO? Oh my God. Melvin Gordon would go nuts. He would go nuts for donuts. I mean, go nuts for the end zone. But yeah, either way, he wouldn't give you donuts. I promise. You would not get donuts from Melvin Gordon. But still, you know, Leshawn McCoy, he's another one. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. The places that he could end up are good. And obviously, I'm only picking up LaShawn McCoy if I'm in a win now mode. You know, I'm only making a trade for him if I have to win now. But somebody that I'd be willing to invest in would be Gus Edwards. Because Gus Edwards is a free agent. I mean, he's an ERFA, but still, still. I could see Gus Edwards going to another place. Another place. And just destroying, just bringing it home. Somewhere like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe. No, not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm just kidding with you. They got Ronald Jones now, right? No, no. But could you imagine him playing with the Philadelphia Eagles if the Philadelphia Eagles decide to move on from Jordan Howard? Right? That sexy young combo of Gus Edwards and Miles Sanders? God, that would be sick. So sick. You know? Right? Maybe? Possibly? Kind of? Maybe the Arizona Cardinals? Maybe? Kind of? Possibly? I think the Cardinals need to move on from David Johnson which should free up work for Chase Edmonds, which is why Chase Edmonds is also a target for me. Chase Edmonds is talented. He's young. God, man, I cannot wait till Chase Edmonds gets this opportunity because I've been stashing him for way too long. I mean, it was kind of a stupid stash because it was behind David Johnson, but David Johnson's kind of injury-prone, right? So, no, but Chase Edmonds is somebody I'm targeting as well. And then when we look at the Chicago Bears, I'm hoping they get rid of Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy and, and all these gadget plays aren't working, and Free Cohen isn't long for the Chicago Bears. So with a down season from David Montgomery, I'm actually targeting David Montgomery in a lot of leagues. I'm offering a 2021 second round pick and a 2021 third round pick for David Montgomery just to see if the owner's going to bite because he might think that he's a bust. He might. You never know. Even a 2021 first round pick, if it's going to be a late one, if you think you're going to win next year, is conceivable for David Montgomery. It's possible. You never know. Now, one guy, my last guy in the running back selection that I'm looking to acquire is going to be Devin Singletary. And it might be too late. It might be too late for Devin Singletary. I tried to get him all over the place in previous things. I was using him as, hey, throw him in with this this trade package. And I couldn't get anybody to come off Devin Singletary and I traded away all of my 2019 picks, so I couldn't draft Singletary, and I was really pissed off because I really wanted Singletary in this draft, and I really wanted Press Williams in this draft, and I didn't get either one of them, but hey, Devin Singletary, I think you need to overpay for. Frank Gore is going to be done in a year, all right? He might even be done after this year. Devin Singletary is taking on this, this primary running back role. Now, the Bills are only going to get better, and that's going to leave... Singletary with a lot more opportunity so Devin Singletary for me I think you can overpay for and feel comfortable for it because he's going to be a top 12 running back within two years from now within two years he is going to consistently be a top 12 running back and he's going to be a second or third round pick mark my words go ahead record it right now mark my words Devin Singletary will be a second or third round pick in about two years from now two years I guarantee it. Feel comfortable paying overpaying for Devin Singletary. Now on to tight ends, and if somebody's willing to come off Noah Fant, then do it. But don't overpay for Noah Fant. I mean, he's extremely talented, but I don't overpay for tight ends because I like to find tight ends that are like diamonds in the rough. You know somebody like a Darren Waller or an Ian Thomas, right? Whew. Ian Thomas, I've been stashing forever, and I, I'm so mad at myself because I stashed George Kittle one year. I stashed him forever. And then I ended up dropping George Kittle to pick up somebody stupid to play one week. And I didn't think anybody would grab him. Somebody hopped on George Kittle and I lost George Kittle. I'm an idiot. I know I'm an idiot. I got it. I get you. But I did get Darren Waller. And then I had Foster Moreau, who is somebody that you need to target. Foster Moreau could end up going off. He might already be picked up in most leagues, but Foster Moreau is somebody that you need to target because this guy's an athletic freak. He's even more athletic than like Zach Ertz, I think. It was I did a comparison earlier in one of the, the episodes earlier and, and Foster Moreau is somebody that I want on every single one of my dynasty rosters. I'm hoping that the guy, I dropped him, somebody else picked him up, I was pissed because I didn't think anybody else heard about him. I want him back. I want him back so bad. But Foster Moreau is somebody that you need to be targeting in this two tight end set heavy offense where they love the play action fake there in Oakland. They love it. But Either way, back to Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas has a tremendous breakout. Greg Olson is not long for this league. I think that Ian Thomas needs to be picked up if he's not already picked up in a lot of your leagues. Other tight ends, right? Like, for example, Hunter Henry is going to be a free agent this year. So, eh, no, you're not going to pick up Virgil Green. No, no, no. I'm just kidding with you. But somebody like Mo'Ally Cox who is just this massive individual. He's bigger than any, everybody else in the field. He looks like a giant out there. And Mo Ali Cox is behind both Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, who are both free agents this year. The tight end landscape is absolutely abysmal. So I think that either Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron are going to have to take a shot at free agency. Maybe both. Like the Redskins would overpay for him. That's just one of the teams that comes to the top of my mind. God, would the Redskins ever pay for him. Man, I just thought about it. it made me really, really sad. But the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to need a tight end, of course. There there's so many teams that need tight ends. So if the Indianapolis Colts don't get either one of these guys under contract, the Mo Alley-Cox becomes the head tight end coming into, what, I believe his third season or so, fourth season, somewhere in there. He's finally starting to develop. He's finally starting to get it. They're using him as a blocker primarily, but I think that he can be a receiver. He played basketball back in college. Moali Cox is somebody that must be owned in Dynasty, League, Dynasty Leagues. excuse me. Another guy that I'm looking at to actually target in trades for the tight end position is going to be Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith at the tight end position. I mean, look, Delaney Walker's falling off, right? Like he's using like a walker on the field. Delaney Walker's using a walker. I didn't even mean to do that. That's awesome. But no, Delaney Walker is somebody I'm targeting. Kevin Knox is somebody I'm, I'm sorry, John New Smith is somebody that I'm targeting. Kevin Knox is somebody that I'm targeting, right? Possibly. You never know. And then, of course, of course, you have to take into account the bad year that Trey Burton had. Maybe people dropped Trey Burton. I mean, that's that's not unbelievable, right? Maybe somebody dropped Trey Burton. Check your waiver wires, you never know, but I don't see Matt Nagy coaching the Bears for very long, so if they can get somebody that's, you know, less gimmicky in there, and they can use Trey Burton in the right ways, I think that Trey Burton could be a target. Now, outside of that, the tight end landscape, I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm sitting, I'm waiting, I'm going to wait for the the waiver wire to hit, I'm going to wait to see somebody drop them at the end of the season, because... People in Dynasty Leagues, they try and pick up future players. So maybe somebody drops a valuable tight end. Just keep an eye on that waiver wire. Keep an eye on the players that people are dropping. I mean, somebody dropped Paris Campbell in my league. And I put up a bid and I was $1 short and I was pissed off. But Paris Campbell was dropped. Right? That's crazy. I just got David Funchess, who Funches, who might end up getting re-signed by the Indianapolis Colts. Kind of depends. He was on a one-year contract, got hurt. But we'll see how it finishes the season out. You never know. David Funches could be a huge, huge addition to so many different teams that need that big physical receiver. They need him. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they need a bully receiver. And if they go out and draft a quarterback, how insane could that be? You know they're not going to keep Mason Rudolph. They need another quarterback back there. You don't know what's going to happen. With Ben Rothsberger, unfortunately, they don't have a first-round pick. So hopefully they suck one more year, and then they get a shot at, at Lawrence, and then all of a sudden, Juju Smith-Schuster is relevant again. But speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster, I didn't mention him. He is a target as well. Anyways, guys, I'm just rambling on now. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this episode. But I appreciate you guys for listening once again. We do have our Patreon page up. I'll put it in the link in the comments. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention. Get excited, guys. Just go on there. Pay Two bucks. If you just pay $2, I will answer all your questions, and I'm also going to post my DFS lineups so you guys can see what I'm actually practicing, what I'm preaching, what's coming to fruition for me. So yes, I'm going to post three different DFS lineups, one contrarian lineup, one optimal lineup, and one lineup that has upside but also a bus floor so you guys can see what I'm playing. It's two bucks. That's it. A month. All right, You'll make your, your money back after playing one DFS lineup it just one dfs line anyways guys i'm gonna go ahead and, and cut this one short like i said so thank you guys for listening and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives say, that's how you bang a podcast